This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. What's up, folks? My Take Radio episode 103 for Thursday, August 11th, 2011. The intro music you just heard was Street Fighter 2 Frets of Fury. The artist was Vertex Guy, and you can download that and any of the other previously used intro music at ocremix.org. The letter O, the letter C, remix.org. The call-in number is 347-324-3541. Again, that call-in number is 347-324-3541. All right, let's open up with some housekeeping that needs to be addressed. I got to go first with Libsyn. Been having some issues with Libsyn for the last couple of weeks. I haven't been able to upload episodes 102 and 103 because of issues regarding the server and storage space. Not only that, but it seems that our 102nd episode with Noel Brown seem to experience a huge amount of echoing with Noel's audio and also with the audio of some of our callers. I am trying to resolve that in post-editing while the Libsyn issue is resolved, but unfortunately my my issue right now is um not so much what can, you know, what I can do to fix the the audio but I'm really interested in getting the remaining episodes that are missing onto the app only because a lot of people use the app on a consistent basis, and I've gotten some emails with regards to that. So I'm a little bit worried about that, and I want to get it resolved as soon as possible. Unfortunately, I am at the mercy of Libsyn, so once it is resolved, I will make sure to let you guys know via the Facebook fan page or on the site as well. The worst part is that I've edited 102 and everything was fine and it seems that Skype has been causing the issues with the echoing. I'm actually using Google Voice this week, so there will be a period probably between 12.55 and 1 o'clock where there will be a quick commercial break while we switch off and re-log in due to a time constraint that Google Voice has in place. So I want to give you guys the heads up on that in case there's a quick commercial break so that we can make sure that the show runs smoothly and we're just trying to avoid any echoes because I don't know what the deal is with Skype so be on the lookout for that in addition to that we got a couple of new posts on mytakeradio.com we got a lot of movie trailers I put up this week and there's also going to be some hardware reviews including reviews for the Logitech Harmony One you're also going to get a review for the MyTouch 4G slide Telephone, well, cell phone from T-Mobile, and also a review for the SRS Labs iWow 3D uh, music enhancement system that you can use on your iPod, iPad, and iPhone, which I actually received from the Gadget event, but I've been trying to write a good review for it for the last couple of weeks, and I've hit a little bit of writer's block, so be on the lookout for that as well. 
in addition to that, I am going to give you guys some details on something that we're going to be working on with our partners at Unveil for the month of October. It's not 100% in motion, but I want to give you guys a little bit of insight into that. Also, Get Glue is going really well. We finally should be getting recategorized within the next two weeks, and you'll be able to put that you listened to My Take Radio and not watched My Take Radio, so we'll probably be in the music section. And we got some stickers soon to be launching, well, launching soon, sorry, with regards to designs and stuff that have been finalized, so be on the lookout for that as well. Probably we're going to have three stickers, more, more than likely maybe a fourth one, depending on who's our guest when these stickers are launched. My guest this week is going to be Steve Cardenas. He is the owner of Force Balance Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Yoga in California, but some of you may recognize the name because he was actually a former Power Ranger as well. He was a Power Ranger for the early series, also for Zio, and I believe for a couple of episodes in Turbo. He's going to be stopping in. We're going to be talking about martial arts, and also I want getting a little bit of insight into his TV career, why he withdrew from the series, what he's been up to since then, and also some more information about his school. So he should be joining us shortly as well. New writers, I've been mentioning it the last couple of weeks. We are looking for new writers, some new talent to just, uh, I, I guess, increase the ranks here at MTR and add a little bit more diversity than what we already have. Like I said in past episodes, just submit a writing sample to mtrhost at mytakeradio.com and we'll check it out. And it's not a paid gig, so please don't email me asking. I've received two emails this week asking if it's a paid gig. Unfortunately, it's not. But you'll get access to some cool stuff, be able to attend a couple of events if you're local. So, like I said, if you're interested, mtrhost at mytakeradio.com. MTR Behind and Beyond the Mics are also in preparation, and some have even been done. I just can't upload them to the app, and it's really frustrating. So hold tight. Those of you that have that have recorded episodes with me, be on the lookout for that as well. You'll probably be able to get those hopefully by next week. I'm hoping it's all resolved with Libsyn by then. But if something changes, again, keep an eye out on the Facebook fan page or on our Twitter with further details. All right. Here's what we're going to discuss tonight. Besides our guest, we're going to talk about UFC 133. I'm on the fence whether I want to discuss TNA or not. We also have some what the fuck movie news. Be on the lookout for that. We got some MPD numbers and some gaming news as well. And I want to take the opportunity and jump right into this week's monologue for a couple of reasons. I did want to open up with the situation in London and how video games are being blamed on it, but I figured I'd reserve that for the video game segment of the broadcast. So I first want to talk about um, something that's going on or you know in the real world, so to speak with my buddy Slick and a lot of people that I know that are work for Verizon, and that is that Verizon is on strike because the company turned a huge profit with Fios and their mobile outfit, and for some reason they want to make members, uh, you know, make members pay for their benefits. And I worded it incorrectly. It's not Verizon, so to speak, that's on strike, but the, uh, some of the employees that are union members including slick that would be the cwa and the ibew 
and both of them are striking against Verizon and Verizon Wireless because, like I said, Verizon's made a ton of money, but some for some reason the employees are getting shafted. So that's affecting our very own Slick, and, you know, it, it sucks. It sucks for those guys. They work really hard, and Verizon turns around and tells them to go fuck themselves. So just wanted to take a moment and acknowledge that and, you know, let Slick know and the rest of the CWA and the IBEW that we feel your pain. It sucks. And if the company's turning a profit every year, I don't see why you guys have to pay for benefits and deal with some of the bullshit that they're putting out there. I've actually seen, which I mentioned to Slick, I actually sent him this email that they're actually suing the union. Verizon is suing the unions because of quote unquote sabotage that's been going on. Lines are getting sabotaged. Uh, other employees are being harassed and it's a really crazy situation that I hope gets resolved soon so everybody can get back to work and the employees can get the benefits that they so deserve. Again, it's really unfortunate and I just wanted to throw that out there because like I said, it affects MTR. It affects my buddy Slick who works behind the scenes for the show and it's uh, it's very stressful. So we're behind you Slick and hopefully the shit gets resolved soon. Now, the other thing I wanted to bring up was something that I've heard about for the last three or four days, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to discuss it, but I figured it was so silly and so ludicrous that, you know, it had to be brought up. And that's something regarding, of all things, Sesame Street. For those of you that are 80s babies like myself that probably grew up watching Sesame Street, you know that there's always been a running gag with Bert and Ernie being gay. We've always joked about it, everybody's had a few laughs about it, but... It was always harmless. So TMZ had reported that the Sesame Workshop had seen a petition online asking the show's creators to marry Bert and Ernie. Which, look, I understand that everything needs to be applicable to what's going on in our in our current climate. Whether it's, you know, superheroes that are minorities, which I discussed last week with Spider-Man, uh, superheroes that are gay transgender issues, etc., 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 that's fine. But you know what? The fact that there are actually so many people, and I saw this on Twitter, I saw this on Facebook, I saw it on a couple of message boards that are actually making an issue about whether Bert and Ernie should should or should not or should or should not be gay have way too much time on their hands. It really is insane that they would go about actually creating a petition and openly campaign, campaigning for this when they're they're puppets. They're, they're puppets, which it, which is the worst part. They're puppets that are there to educate children. They they reinforce the bonds of friendship. Sure, it seems a little weird that they live together, but whatever. We've all had roommates. We've all sh- we've all shared rooms with our siblings. It's nothing new. But the company did re uh, they did drop a a statement, which I'm going to read to you guys, which is the following: Burton Ernie are best friends said the company on its Facebook page. They were created to teach preschoolers that people can be good friends with those who are very different from themselves. Even though they are identified as male characters and possess many human traits and characteristics, they remain puppets and do not have a sexual orientation. I really don't get that, you know, I really don't understand why they would make such a huge issue about this. We all joke about it. It's 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 a running gag, but... It's just sad to see that that people would really make such a huge issue about it. And, and it bugged me not only because 
uh, of the way it's been worded and some people were actually attacking the Sesame Street creators for not preaching diversity. I'll tell you what, Sesame Street was one of the first shows where I saw black people, Hispanic people, white people all together, all being nice to each other. You know, I learned about different races. I learned about different colors. That's the way it is. It's there to educate children. I don't think that whether the puppets are gay or not makes any difference. If that was the case, then fine, so be it. But to make such a huge issue about it and go on Twitter and and go all crazy and shit and make a petition, it's not that serious. But it is what it is, folks. But I figured I'd share that with you guys because it was something that's going on currently and would make for interesting discussion. But until then, let's jump into the MMA because there's a, a short amount of news this week, so I want to get it out of the way, and I'm sure Steven will be joining us shortly. So let's get right into it. All right, I want to definitely discuss UFC 133, but I'll save it for the end in case our guest calls in. But on the news side of things, there's a couple of things going on this week. Of course, we have the UFC on Versus card this week, which is happening this Sunday, August 14th, and it's on the Versus Network. Your main card is going to have Dan Hardy versus Chris Lytle as your main event. You got Ben Henderson versus Jim Miller. Donald Cerrone versus Charles Oliveira, and Dwayne Ludwig versus Amir Sadala. Originally, it was said that C.B. Dalloway versus Jared Hammond was going to be on the televised card, but it's recently been announced that they are moving to the prelims, which you can watch on which you can watch, excuse me, on Facebook. C.B. Dalloway versus Jared Hammond is your main event on the Facebook card. You got Joe Benavides versus Eddie Wineland, Ed Herman versus Kyle Noak, Ronnie Marks versus Carlos Vemela. Alex Caceres versus Jim Hetz, Cole Miller versus TJ O'Brien, Danny Castillo and Jacob Volkman, and Edwin Figueroa versus Jason Reinhardt. Very excited for this card. That Dan Hardy and Chris Lytle fight alone has fight of the year implications. That somebody's definitely going to get put to sleep on that. Ben Henderson and Jim Miller also has huge implications at the 155 level. Jim Miller coming in with a fantastic record, always exciting to watch, and Ben Henderson, well, you know the story with Ben Henderson after his fight with Showtime Pettis. Regardless of whether he got caught with that crazy kick or not, Ben Henderson is an exciting fighter, and Donald Cerrone and Oliveira is going to be sick as well. Totally, I'm really excited for this card, and we should have some fight picks probably from MMA Valor this week. If so, they'll be posted on MyTakeRadio.com and on MMA Valor's page as well. In some injury news, Mike Swick has pulled out of his fight against Eric Silva at UFC 134. UFC officials announced a change to the card due to an undisclosed injury that Mike Swick has. No replacement opponent has been announced as of yet. That fight was supposed to be part of the preliminary card, which is taking place August 27th in Rio. Now, of course, UFC 133 had some controversy regarding Dennis Hallman's tights, which I'll discuss later on. But I actually want to get into some statements that Dana White made after the card, primarily relating to Jim Miller, also Chael Sonnen as well. 
one of the first things that was asked was if Jim Miller was going to be considered for a title shot with this win. He responded with the following. Jim Miller is right there. He will probably earn a title shot with this win again. For me to say who's going to get it, who's not going to get it, or whatever. But yeah, it makes sense. Now, Jim Miller's coming in. He's got a 20-2 and record in mixed martial arts. A 9-1 and record in the UFC's just an exciting fighter to watch why it's taking him this long to get a title shot is insane but we've also had a couple of injuries on the lightweight side so i can see why there's some hesitation there on the other side of the coin though i think that jim miller should have been in the title picture a while ago but this fight coming up for him this weekend is going to be just another stamp i'm not saying he's going to run through ben henderson i'm not going to give any predictions but i think that if he wins against Ben Henderson, who was a former title holder, he should definitely be considered. Dana was also asked about the possibility of the match between Chael and Brian Stan being a number one contenders match. He said, I think it should be. We'll see. Someone also asked him if Vitor Belfort deserves another shot at Anderson Silva. He responded with, if they went out and had this war back and forth like it was with Chael Sonnen, that would be one thing. But his fight lasted 35 seconds. It would be hard to make a rematch that quick after what happened. Definitely can't disagree with that. And those news came from our those news came from our buddies at MMA Junkie. Got to give them props for that. Now I gotta talk about something that was a little a little disheartening for me, and that was that Matt Hamill announced his retirement from MMA. I was I was sad about it because Matt Hamill's come such a long way from the Ultimate Fighter. For those of you not familiar, Matt Hamill is deaf. And he's competed in mixed martial arts since the Ultimate Fighter. He had one previously, one previous professional fight, but he's been a UFC product through and through. He has a phenomenal story that is actually going to be made into a feature film. And I think that seeing him retire is disheartening. But I know that he's going to be able to add so much more to the sport and educate not only future fighters, but also educate those that are deaf or are handicapped with regards to not being limited by their disabilities and to advance forward. So I'm while I am sad to see him depart from the sport, I know that his you know, his impact is going to be felt for years to come and he's going to do so much more with that. He actually released a statement about it, which I'm going to relay on to you guys and the first part of that statement was the following, I can't continue to fight without having the hunger and desire to do so. I can't let my performances reflect on my coaches who are the best in the world and the reason I've made it this far. I was ready to make this decision after UFC 130, but my friends, family, coaches, and most importantly, my daughter encouraged me to give it one last chance. My career has been plagued by injury, starting with the Ultimate Fighter and disrupting my training ever since. There hasn't been even one training camp where I've been able to train without training, without training around an injury. I have not been kind to my body and it has nothing left after 28 years of nonstop competition. I think it's finally time to give it a rest. Not disputing that, it's, it, it, you know, again, I commend him for recognizing that maybe he needed to step away. But as I said earlier, he has so much more to add to the sport in other capacities that I'm sure this won't be the last we've seen of Matt Hamill for sure. What the hell is that? That's very strange. My cell phone is ringing, which is very strange. I don't know why that is, but sorry about that. 
I guess Google Voice is relaying my calls through there as well. Not a good move. I don't know why that came out that way, so I apologize. I see that the chat is asking what was that. That was a call coming in on Google Voice. Why? I do not know because I didn't put put the number out there for people to call unless our guest is running late, which I don't believe. Huh. All right. Whatever. Let me not let me not dwell on it otherwise it'll derail the entire show. And I lost my train of thought too. Fantastic. Ah, here we go. The Matt Hamill situation, like I said, moving on. The UFC has confirmed eight fights for the UFC event on Versus. That's UFC on Versus 6. That's going to be taking place October 1st in Washington, D.C. We actually got a title fight on that card with Dominic Cruz versus Demetrius Johnson for the bantamweight title. Charlie Brenneman versus Anthony Rumble Johnson. Pat Barry versus Stefan Struve. And Mac Danzig versus Matt Wyman. Super pumped for the Pat Barry-Stefan Struve fight. That's a freak show fight, but it's also really exciting. Pat Barry's got ridiculous Muay Thai, and I want to see how he is able to topple the skyscraper known as Stefan Struve. On the prelims, you got TJ Grant and Shane Royer, Eve Edwards versus Rafael Oliveira, Michael Johnson versus Paul Sass, and Michael Easton versus Jeff Hogland. So that's going to be happening on versus on October 1st in Washington, D.C., Slick just notified me that Steve is on the line, so let's put a pause on this MMA stuff and bring him on in. Steve, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? I'm good, man. How are you? Uh, Fantastic, man. Just trying to rock and roll over here, you know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you, man. Thanks for taking the time out of your schedule to call in and talk to us. Not, Not a problem. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, I know you uh, last week, I believe, or the week prior, you actually were on Tap Out Radio. We actually are. I know Crooklyn from there. She she put me on to you being on Twitter, so I got to throw a quick thank you to her for that. And um, like I said, you're now a full-time entrepreneur running Force Balance Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Yoga in California. Um, let, let's start with that, actually. What what motivated you to just opening your own school, and how long have you been doing it since being off of television? Right, right. Well, um, this is actually the second school that I've run. I, I, I ran another uh, taekwondo school for years uh, uh, right after Power Rangers, and I'm actually while I was still on Power Rangers, uh, I ran uh, a school called USA Martial Arts. Uh, I ran that for about six years. And then I sold it, and, um, you know, I kind of got away from that game for a little bit. Uh, but I always stayed with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and I loved it, and I've, and I've wanted to teach it ever since I, you know, was able to be kind of proficient at it. Yeah, you also have so, a uh, b- background in Taekwondo also, right? Yeah, I've been training that for about 25 years now. I did gymnastics for like 10 years, too. So, you know, I tried to do uh, all different kinds of stuff. But yeah, I um, you know I had a partner, uh, my partner Michelle Mensch. Um, she uh, is a yoga, a yoga instructor, and she was the one that really kind of encouraged me to, to to open up a place, and we decided to do it together. So we opened up uh, Force Balance Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and Yoga. Oh, nice. Now, what what in, what motivated you to partner up and have yoga involved with the school as well? Well, I, I thought it was um, I thought it was a good fit, you know. Um, I've been doing yoga with Michelle for a while now, 
and um, I love what it did for my body in the sense that, you know, um, it helped with my flexibility and uh, the strength, like, in my shoulders and wrists, which helped me to um, uh, kind of recover from injuries a lot faster and, and be a lot less prone to injuries. And it also increased my flexibility and my balance, which also made my jiu-jitsu game a lot better. Uh, so the, so I'm a real big advocate of doing yoga um, along uh, with um, your jiu-jitsu training because they really fit very well together. Are you doing just standard yoga or are you doing the the other offshoots as well, like hot yoga? No, we just I just train with what they call vinyasa yoga. Uh, that's pretty much all that I do. Um, I like the rhythm and the flow of that one. There's all different kinds, of course, but... Uh, the one that I like the best is the vinyasa, so that's what we that's what we uh, uh, teach here at uh, at Force Balance. Training Taekwondo and now Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Did you ever give, especially now with the with the huge popularity of mixed martial arts? Have you did you ever give consideration to going in that direction? I know you know that you know Jason David Frank went in that direction and he's been he's been pretty successful. Did you give that any thought, or did you feel that? you would be better suited to teaching? Um, yeah, see, for me, um, I, I thought I, I've always been an instructor, you know. I mean, that was always my dream, you know, ever since I was about 14 years old. I started when I was 12 doing martial arts, and when I, by the time I was 14, I knew that I wanted to teach, you know. So by the time I turned 16, I was doing after-school programs and teaching, and that's pretty much what I've been doing off and on pretty much my whole life now, you know, uh, is, is teaching. So I'm, I feel like I'm better suited to, to training other people, but I still like to compete. I mean, I go out and do the jiu-jitsu competitions, but I just don't want to get kicked in the face anymore. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I like it. You know, it's it's um, it, it, it's fun, you know. I mean, I love the, the, the sport of BJJ. I mean, it, it's really turned the martial arts game around. Uh, and evolved what MMA is today. Um, so I really like that aspect of it. Um, I like the chess match of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You know, it's very stimulating for the mind. Uh, so I just kind of stick with that. Well, one of the things when when you're competing on in, in Jiu-Jitsu tournaments, are you are are you going just more on the local scene? Have you done anything? You know, like doing the Abu Dhabi. No, I haven't, I haven't done any Abu Dhabi. I stay pretty local, um, you know, just because, you know, I, I, I like to, you know, I'm teaching all the time, so I don't want to be gone for any long period of time. Uh, so I do a, a local tournaments. Luckily, living in, you know, in Los Angeles, most of all of the big tournaments are all held here anyway. So that's very exciting. I don't ever have to go very far, <laughs> you know, unlike some of the other guys in the country that got to travel all the way over here just to do the big tournaments or all over the world, actually. But, um, you know, so in that sense, I feel very lucky. Um, but I get to do as many tournaments as I want. They're all pretty local, you know. I had read I had read earlier about your involvement with do, do, uh, teaching a lot of children Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and your work with um with the Hollywood BJJ studio. Uh, how much how much is it easier to teach children? Do you feel that you know since they're so more open and not as challenging as adults, or do you kind of have a middle ground with teaching older kids? Or what's your preference with regards to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu? You know, surprisingly enough, I mean, I know, I mean, I love teaching everybody, you know, but with the kids, you know, their mind is not cluttered with a lot of stuff. So naturally, the the things that um, that we that we 
do the opposite with, you know, like uh, a lot of times, like say in jujitsu, if somebody's mounted on you, you know, you might try to lift them up with your hands to throw them off, you know, or if somebody's got their legs wrapped around your leg, you know, you you don't really know the best way to get out, but kids are not cluttered with all the other stuff that's, you know, that, that's going on in their lives, so they they just, you know, they, they're very inventive, and uh, they come up with a lot of interesting things, you know, it's almost kind of like they teach me in a sense. Uh, it's really helped my game working with kids because I watch them do stuff that you just don't think was even possible. You're like, wow, I didn't even think you could really do that. And then you actually try it on some of these adults, and it works. <laughs> so it's kind of <laughs> cool. Yeah, so I love teaching kids because it's almost like they kind of train me. <laughs> have you have you used your 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 television 